So, <coughs> third of the Indriya mindfulness. Uh, talk about something about mindfulness. Mindfulness, of course, is often uh, highlighted as the main theme. Um, very popular term these days. Probably much more popular actually than Buddhism is. You know? <laughs> Buddhism has got all these messy bits in it. Pujas and chanting and images and rituals and weird things. So mindfulness is much nice clean <laughs> stuff without all this renunciation preaching morality stuff going on in it. <laughs> so mindfulness was in sports, mindfulness in hospitals, mindfulness in schools, mindfulness in military. Oh, great, all good stuff. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So it's a highly recommended skill, you know, for a number of skillful purposes, just to get people a bit more centered, focused on what's happening, coming into the present. These are the, you know, witnessing the emotional responses and letting that pass and coming back to actually what's right now. This is a let me say a fundamental mindfulness technique or approach. Might put it in different terms. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming out of the reactivity, the emotional reactivity. Yeah. Framing up. Forming a reference frame, bearing something in mind, bearing a theme in mind. Very often, in all these uh, ways and means, just bearing either bodily bodily energy, bodily sensation, bodily contact in mind, bearing it in mind, staying with that, while the mind jumps and surges and falters, just coming back to that. Feet on the ground, you know, M16 in my hands, (laughs) noticing, you know, just whatever it is. Then there's that contact, you know, just using the sensory realm as a place of uh, not shying away from the sensory realm, but actually using it just very, very bare way, just just as a just as a navigation post, you know. There's that. Okay. Now, what am I making out of it? Mm, you know, and could that making something out of it be relaxed or released or at least ameliorated? Mm. So this is why we bear something in mind, you know, something kind of grounding, you know, and some just grounding on the bareness of sense contact, just touch, you could say, not with pleasant or unpleasant, but just touch. And generally, you know, what's recommended is something kind of relatively neutral, so you don't get too much stimulation or fear around it. You know, it's kind of fundamental approach. And... Try to relinquish the future, the what next, the what am I going to do about it. Try to just 
wait a minute, let that happen more naturally. So one of the uh, themes in, you know, probably never expressed in this way in, in mindfulness is to understand time, get a feeling for time, timing. And so sometimes mindfulness is just not right now. Just pause, just not right now. Wait till there's a natural rising into that or a deeper response than just one's immediate, you know, reverberation. Getting a sense of timing. And as I <coughs> touched on, you know, loosely, you know, chitta doesn't operate re- in terms of time, although our person does. You know, clocks and become very, you know, all that becomes very important, very significant, you know, in our lives. Create a lot of pressure around a clock, you know, work to the clock and get there on time. Big pressure this, this, these signals can give us. So then time, with that is time is always pushing, rushing, pressing. When it's not doing that, it's dragging in the traffic jam. It's dragging, 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 dragging. So we get caught in this web of personal time. Throws us, drags us, dumps us, pitches us. You know, it's one of the points of certainly using simple sense contact in the body is to come to what you might call more natural time, body time, organic time, rhythmic time something that can be felt, so the time, the, the sense of movement and reverberation is something that you have enough space to negotiate with, put it that way. Yeah? This could be quite fast, depending on how attuned your awareness is. It could be quite slow. Yeah. And you, you know, it's not exactly about being slow. Time, in this sense, can be very flexible. But it's really, can you be with? What's the amount of pausing or opening or space to be with what's occurring? So, so it's always it's, it's negotiable time because the chitta doesn't operate in terms of time, but it generates a sense of time. And time, by and large, is a sense of pressure. Yeah, either pressure, I've got to get there while we're hanging around, or my goodness, I'm late, I better rush and get there. Or, what next? What's happening next? Leaning forward in time, or, you know, when are things going to start happening? We'll be sitting around here doing nothing. You know, the pressure of time. And these are really measures of what's happening in our jitter in terms of powerful currents. And there's the, the lunging forward, it's called bhavatana. Let me get to somewhere else, you know. So as I can, then I will be solid and safe and comfortable and happy. Uh. <laughs> this I'll be free from blame. If I get to that place, move, rush forward, I'll get the thing done and I'll be okay and I can relax. I'll do the job, get this over, then I can relax. You know? I'll, uh, uh. <laughs> ticket, a ticket coming up. <laughs> There's a ticket on the Sangsara Express. <laughs> Yeah, or oh, waiting around here all day, nothing much is going on. No, 
and get things going. Again, we're not in sync with what's happening. There's the get me out of this, you know, or the lunge for sense pleasures, something to get get hold of, something to become. Yeah, so this is this kind of pressure. So it creates a sense of time. It doesn't operate in terms of time, but it generates a sense of time because of these pressures. Configure such a thing, which clearly there is no nine o'clock. You know, there is no future. Is there? If it's the future, how could you know it? Because it hasn't happened. <laughs> so in terms of chitta, that there is, there cannot be a future. There can be the imagination of the future, sure. That's an activity that jitta gets into through its its uncertainties. So the what next is actually a sign of confusion. There is no next. Next means we get into karma, cause, result, cause, effect, cause, effect, and then you moving round that realm of karma and which doesn't end until you you know really understand it and deeply understand that there is no next there is no result so yeah why we are coming into this embodiment experience give ourselves a, a grounding in something that doesn't have that time sense. It has rhythm, it has energies, but it doesn't have a time sense. It can be triggered, obviously. So, and we look at the Foundations or the establishments of mindfulness starts off in a pretty, you know, personal world. That's where that's where we have to start. It says here, one sits down under the root of a tree, otherwise feels safe, comfortable. You know, got some shade, got place. Find my place. Draws the spine upright. Sits cross-legged, draw the spine upright. Well, you know, you can riff on that, but essentially it means coming into balance, coming to the equipoise of the body, coming into embodiment, you know. doesn't say sits there and gets into a good mood. No, sits there and... (laughs) Because that could take a while. But (laughs) sits there, feels basically safe, you know, and gets a sense of coming into the body, drawing the spine upright. So there's a sense of what's that about? Finding ground, finding balance. And what it takes to do that. It means from the person, we come into this seemingly very personal form, the body, and you start to to get it established, the ground, the given, the safe, in bodily terms. And then the balance, in bodily terms. So kind of balance is where, you know, the pressure and the stressing 
in the body can begin to loosen, soften. And, uh, you know, even that probably for many people takes time because the body is so somatically contracted. Tension and tightness and stuff like that. Yeah. So, you know, even this is already a skillful practice. One shouldn't, you know, just take it lightly. So as a kind of personal uh, healing or steadying, which comes through the body, you can't find it in the in the mind. Mm. Mind rarely feels safe, really safe. It's always could be, could be, might be, might be, not. You know, what of other people? Am I doing this the right way? Till we come into the body and say, oh, here's a place where you could feel safe and balanced. Take that in, drink it in. And then it proceeds in having done so, having established that, one is aware of breathing in and breathing out. And then that's the entry. Why? Why is that? Because here we are getting another aspect of, of the, that which is given, another aspect of that which is given, which is actually arising seemingly within us, within this body, quite intimate. Whereas the tree and all that, you're quite intimate, something moving, and actually moving through this physical form, beginning to express itself. One of the you know, calm, suffusive, and it's natural, it's a given. Again, <coughs> this is where the, the, the changeover can begin, actually, a radical changeover, which goes a little beyond what we might loosely call, you know, secular realm, you know, because we're coming into a something that's not really about the person, Uh, we're turning into nature and I imagine most of us have approached mindfulness of breathing without really knowing it or thinking about it from from a personal perspective that is, you know, sit for half an hour, sit for an hour, time. Go on a 10-day retreat, can I manage a three-month retreat, one-week retreat, how long is this going to go on for? When's the bell going to ring? Um, looking for results. I do this probably after a week or two. You know, I thought myself, well, two or three months of this ought to be enlightened by now. You know, here's what it says on the lid, you know, on the can. <laughs> One week, it says, well, three months, even if dimwit like me ought to get in three months. <laughs> but, you know, unfortunately, I probably might have done if I'd actually entered the natural realm, <laughs> but always doing it from the personal realm, personal perspective, how to be better at it, how to make it work. How do I, how do I get to do this thing anyway? Perhaps more effort is needed. Maybe I should try and, oh, that doesn't seem to quite work. Perhaps less effort is needed. No, it doesn't work either. Uh, what is right effort anyway? Mm. Yeah. 
um, what other things do I need to do to sort of get this together? And, you know. and while I was going on about morality and generosity, it was going to do with mindfulness of breathing, you know, because a person who doesn't get it, doesn't get the whole realm of jitta, yeah. how all these conducive factors start to blend because the person hasn't entered the chitta, hasn't touched it really fully, completely, hasn't touched ground in the natural, in the breath just being something that naturally arises. And you, and what it's training you to do is to get more in tune with how you operate in nature, rewilding the mind. Now we know how we operate, say in society, you've got a clock, an alarm bell rings, bonk, jump up, grab a cup of coffee, do whatever you do, look at the clock, okay, better get in the car, because we might be a jam somewhere, so take, maybe take that other route this way, bypass that, and if you get there ahead of time before the commuter traffic starts, you maybe get there without too much hassle. Uh, so, oh, get out, oh, forgot my keys, get back, rushing again, get that, okay. Get in the car and somebody phones you. Oh, you. I can't talk to you now, please. Just because put it down. So <laughs> and then um, get on, the, you know, get the do right. Hurry up! Get there. It can be late. Oh, late. Oh no, there's pressure. I'm going to get sacked if I don't get here on time. Oh God! Hurry up! What's this idiot doing? Going at 20 miles an hour in the middle of the road. Pop, pop, pop. <laughs> you know, uh, this kind of thing. So, the social realm. Be happy. you know get yourself a a drive-in starbucks on the way so they'll cheer you up i mean so all these kind of little things help to mollify some of that stuff but very much you know it's not a realm of you can't negotiate you can't say well how do I feel about this traffic jam? <laughs> How am I with this thing? It's just, it's all, it's all very hard surfaces with, with low, tolerance, low tolerances, you know. You get fine for speeding. You get, there's no flex. It's very uh, compartmentalized, boxed with flat surfaces and hard edges to it. Yeah. And you just keep meeting these hard edges and they push you. You know, and people start to personify those, don't they? I'm sorry, madam, you're 10 minutes late. <laughs> but, 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 but. I'm sorry, madam, you're 10 minutes late. <laughs> you know, <it's> clang. <laughs> that kind of thing happening. You know. Yeah. So this, this is the, 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 unfortunately, I mean, it's not always like this, but it, it tends that way. You know, naturally human beings are human beings, so we can meet these softer places where people are more responsive. But you can often feel this is a strong element, the, you know, meeting that, no flex. You know, got something wrong with your, you know, your system, your gadget, please phone so and so and so, we'll be happy to serve you. Ding, ding, ding. 
Could you hold the line for ten minutes? Listen to some Mozart. <laughs> Record announcement. If you want this done, press one. If you want this done, press two. If you want this done, press three. If you want this done, press four. Okay. Press five. Okay. Yeah. We'll just point you to our agent in <laughs> another recorded announcement. So could you please, you know, and this kind of thing, getting run around a system. And it's just like, somebody there, please. I can be with, you know. And this uh, increasing sort of hard, hard edges of, of uh, there's no negotiation. There's no space. You send down these channels. If you don't, then there's no no further. You don't you don't get what you want. Mm. So you know, conditioned by this, naturally one's attention and one's uh, mode of activity has that same can have that same kind of quality to it. Like get this, get going with it, get to where you want to go. You know, and uh, when you apply that to mindfulness of breathing, it really is quite uh, an unhappy experience, put it mildly. Mm. But actually, mindfulness of breathing is there to train us. We think we're maybe coming to get good at mindfulness of breathing, or you know, whatever you want to take of it. But actually, no, that's not it. Mindfulness of breathing is there to get you changed, just to mean you've got to be find the right place where you stay in balance, you stay on the ground, and you wait, and you negotiate contact. How is this? I know I'm breathing. I must be able to be dead by now. What's that? Well, you can't get it yet. Okay. Just feel your body. See what's happening in your body. Get the balance. Get the grounding in the body. Wait till you really establish that. Then it will start to indicate. Here we are. Here I am. And now you've got to how you negotiate contact with that, how you sense it, from its slight senses to its irregularities. And means you've got your attention has to be pretty flexible, pretty allowing to allow the fog and to keep coming back. You know, to begin to keep realizing this is not a process of suddenly switching on mindfulness of breathing at seven o'clock in the morning. This is a matter of negotiating contact for half an hour, or as long as it takes, maybe a day, you know, who knows, it's not, we can't know, because it's like nature does not obey my wishes. And that's kind of good in a way, though it's a bit frustrating, because it says, no, you're going to have to give, you know. You're going to have to do the, the negotiating because nature isn't going to. You know. So you start, okay, take my time, step back, pause. Just You witness some of these strong messages, the doer who's going to make it work. Tightens everything up. You know, the defeatist, I can't do this. Well, you know, run that story for a while, see where that goes. Why should I have to be bothered? There must be a quicker way in doing it than this stupid thing. Couldn't I switch on some biofeedback machine to get my energy sorted out? <laughs> you know, the, uh, why should I have to bother with this stuff? You know, play that one for a while and see where that goes. You know, 
maybe it's just in the right place or the right time or the right situation. Well, yeah, where is the right place, the right situation? Mm. So we, you know, uh, with, when we're our mind, our chitta is obscured, these are tendencies that we probably all have and probably follow. Uh, so, yeah, you know, keep coming back to establishing the basis. Wherever you are, there you are. Wherever you are, you can sit, you can walk. Wherever you are, you've got a body. Wherever you are, you're breathing in and out. It doesn't care whether you're happy or not, it still breathes in and out. It doesn't mind whether people like you or not, you're still breathing in and out. Nature is, that's its beautiful indifference to my social, socialized pressures. Eventually those socialized pressures, which I haven't even recognized because they're so normal, begin to recognize, no, this is what has got to shift, (laughs) you know, because there's nothing wrong with breathing, essentially. It was given, keeps us alive, you know, what's wrong, if there's anything wrong, it's not really attuned to the sense of contact has to be negotiated. You know, maybe I, I can't get there right now, so I just have to be contented with establishing a body. Sensing the end of an out-breath. Still too tense and compacted, too agitated, I can't get there yet. So I just sit, feeling the space around me. Send the signals. You're all right. Nobody's bothering you. Nobody's intending to bother you. You know, sound doesn't bother you. You know, you're, you're letting yourself get bothered by sound, but it, it has no intention to bother you. <laughs> you know, can you just relax and let that sound, that sight pass through? If you can't, what's happening? And then you start to contemplate how you're getting activated. And in all that, still, you're breathing in, Breathing out, there's the ground. So we had to shift from these trigger points back to something as given and natural. Pause, soften, widen. Hmm? So a lot of negotiating contact is, you know, some of it's just bouncing off our own triggering activities, you know, and recognizing humbly, well, yeah, that's, that's, that's mine in a way. Well, it's actually not. It's conditions. And that's a great blessing. Because as soon as you start to take any of this stuff personally, you've got yourself a ticket on the Sangsara Express, and you're bound to start proliferating about yourself and others, and where you should, and why you can't, and why you have to, and why do they think I have to do this, and what does she want to do with me, kind of stuff. Meanwhile... It's still there, it's still available, it never gives up on you. It's embodiment, breathing in, breathing out, being here. And we just learn to get those signals, messages, and return. Next triggering, off again, return. Next triggering, off again, return. It's always there. And that's the beauty of it. Yeah. It's, just, it's breathing in, breathing out. You can notice the triggering because suddenly the time sense generally speeds up or goes into some weird state. Either it freezes, we feel locked, helpless, 
shut down, closed, as if time is frozen on us, or we feel rushed and pushed. Time thrusts us forward. That's a signal. Real time is just uh, uh, free time. And because there, there is, Jitta doesn't have to establish it. Instead, it establishes the appropriate way of negotiating awareness. And then it then doesn't matter. Time, week, year, lifetime. What does these numbers mean? Because the jitta will go on. Jitta does not operate in time. It goes through birth and death. Jitta doesn't even die. Sometimes you wish it would. But it doesn't die. And it's part of the problem. <laughs> In a way. Because it's like, you know, when is this thing ever going to give up? It's never going to give up until you've resolved karma. You know? And so if you really have some faith in the teaching and, you know, you want to at least play with the notion, just recognize when this, you know, according to the enlightened one, when this body passes away, those patterns sh- shoot into a future birth. Hmm. Jitta cannot die because it's never born. Mm. But it gets trapped in a birth-death condition into this, imbo- into this sensory condition. So it fears death and it rejoices over birth. Birth is suffering. Coming to a personal form is bound to be stressful, as you all know. Can't be avoided. So this is just these, but this is the coming into a personal form is not, not a person, it's the movement of the citta through its confusion through its limitations, through conditioning, okay? The causes and conditions generate the person. person doesn't generate causes and conditions. Grasping perpetuates causes and conditions. We call it attachment, sometimes identification is an easy way to look at it, perhaps a bit too simple, but it's a nice handle, you identify with the causes and conditions, you just bought yourself a ticket on Sangsara Express. But mindfulness of breathing, go back to that, you know, what does it take to just be patient, wait, set the, establish the proper causes and conditions? Because this cannot be done by the person really successfully with a f- full results. A person can, can, yeah, a person can get some good, some calm, some attentiveness uh, with that if they've got the right skills, if they've, if they've inherited skillful causes and conditions. Mm. You yeah. know, they've got a reasonable body, they've got a reasonable upbringing, they've got a reasonable lifestyle, yeah, they can do it, probably. But that's not the fruition. The fruition of it is coming 
it's back to citta, the unconditioned, and uh, coming out of the person package. This is the stream enterer. So over this we recognize those personal takes we have and, the, and the, along with the, the mistakes, the thing, oh I can't, I'm wobbling, wait, no, this is just the condition. Find your ground, come back, start again. Begin to unplug the uh, sangsaric trends, the pushing forward, the wanting to get it done, the wanting to make it work, the uh, how good am I at this, how long does it take? Uh, how much do I need? All this kind of stuff. You you keep referring to a sangsaric pattern when those when those messages come and you believe in them. You keep referring to a sangsaric pattern. You're bearing in mind sangsar. You're carrying your own damage loyally. As long as you keep, as long as the chitta keeps doing that. So then, you know, it's just to acknowledge, humbly, we all experience this. But actually, what is breathing in and out, in and of itself? So you start to forget mindfulness of breathing, forget meditation. What does it take to just be with the innocence of nature? How has that felt? Can you tune in? that encouragement, get more sensitive, get some skills, develop them. This is the place to develop them. Because it's not one thing. It's not like an object, it's a stream which is flickering and flowing and wide and small and narrow. It's nature. And to be with nature, you can't predict it. Yeah. You've got to recognize this can flow in all kinds of ways. What you need to do really is stay poised, open, alert, ready to tune in. And so getting that, this is specific energy, the right effort. There's not an intense crashing forward. It's the right kind of effort that finds the balance whereby we being with nature given and you know nature sometimes it's foggy can't quite get it find what you can get stabilize tune in where you can sense it where you can receive it it will certainly have its effects because it the Breathing sits right at the place where the body, the somatic intelligence and the heart intelligence meet, resonate together. As we know, our breathing changes when we're excited or happy or tense or nervous. It's very, very responsive to emotional effects. Maybe you don't know that, or maybe you know that a little bit. It's also very responsive to bodily textures, not to the muscles, but to the general energy of the body. If you're driven, if you're tense, if you're too slack, then again, you breathe, you can't, the breathing goes out, you can't sense it. There is a poise, a balance. 
as I've said several times, where the body, somatic qualities of the body, energy of the body starts to touch the ground, feel settled, feel safe, and begin to sort of gently, there's a kind of rising current of um, balance and composure that occurs in a bodily sense. And it's involuntary. The body does it because it wants to feel balanced and settled. And when you touch some place where you can really sense that, that signal, balanced, safe, settled, nothing to do, given, and you resonate with that, drink it in, that signal is going to run through your body. The body is a resonant experience. The somatic intelligence is a resonant experience. So it's, oh, yeah, touch it again and again. Mm. Mm. This is the, we call this the kind of fundament. Fundamental is the healing process, touch the ground. If all you really get in a retreat is to learn to touch the ground, well, sadhu, because if you get this, everything else, and you really take this in, everything else is going to follow from that. Yeah, it's going to, because once the body senses that, and you take it in, you know there is this. And you may forget it and jump out time and time again, but something registers. Oh. And it's just the patience to keep acknowledging those tanha drives and triggering, and yeah, yeah, but get back to the ground. Where that, that can be, doesn't have to operate. And it's going to start to resonate through you. So mindfulness essentially, you know, begins with just bearing in mind for for liberation. You know, this is where samasati mindfulness for nibbana. You know, so the mindfulness project for dhamma practice is nibbana rather than other, you know, laudatory, laudable, but you know, worldly aims is for nibbana. Is to begin by being mindful bearing in mind, referring to, getting in touch with the ground. One sits at the root of a tree, feeling safe, feeling sheltered, that bright axis, feeling balanced. And you keep returning to that. And then breathing will come to you. It's a given. And you start to tune in to the qualities and the kind of attention that it takes to flex and attune and the kind of awareness to drink in and receive. Oh, this is steadier here. This is the process of vitaka vichara, turning towards, pointing at, you know, bringing to mind, where's the breath now, where's the breathing now, where's the body now, vichara, how is this? So there's the negotiators. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're in balance. And I don't know. Well, it feels kind of like a vague, flushing sense, or it feels like I can get it right at that place in the back of my nose or my throat. Okay, get it where you can. Take in the message of the composure, the degree, the one second of collectedness that occurs whenever your mind settles. Ah. Oh. How is that? And don't rush on to the next bit. 
Yeah. So sometimes we clip even our realizations or our happiness. We clip. Oh, that was a good bit. I did this. I've got it now. <laughs> Here's another ticket. Saying <laughs> yeah. sorry because oh, I had that great retreat two years ago when I did. That. I want to get back to that again. Well, there you go. Another ticket. It's, there's never, there's never a previous, there's never a next, it's just this. Yeah. So just learning to attune and realize that that moment of collectedness, letting it resonate, shimmer through the system, trust that on some level your jitta and your body will both know that. Even when you, your person worries about it or tries to put a label on it or say they've got it or say they haven't got it or wonder with it what it is just okay your chitta and your and your body somatic body will get that let them do it in their time which isn't packaged which isn't don't sign seal delivered there we go got another one it doesn't operate like that it resonates through and a little bit of karma if you stay with the resonances any moment of realizes, stay with that. A little bit of karma-forming tendency softens. The tendency to grab as mine. Or to try to hoard. Oh, I've got one of those, got an insight there, let's have another one. The tendency to hoard. Or a tendency to, was that really true? I don't know, maybe, what does it mean? Am I this or that? Tendency to speculate. Tendency to attach to a system. Yeah. I did it because I was following this particular technique and then, 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 therefore I'll do that again. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it can arise within a system, yeah. But at the moment when perhaps we've soft and relaxed enough to allow these uh, moments to shimmer through. Mm. And something in the whole system then begins to, uh-huh. Well, maybe that only lasts and then it shimmers and it softens, dissolves. Okay. And now this, now this, now this. So we, it's an ongoing process. Properly approach mindfulness of breathing is there to train you not to grasp as a person. This is an enormously beneficial and ongoing process for your welfare. Absolutely. Absolutely. So in this, sometimes we just even begin to, even our language, our personal language doesn't quite work. We try to put words on things, and sometimes it's just more a felt sense of opening, or a felt sense of ease, or a felt sense of coolness, or, you know, what's that? Chitta doesn't have words. Language is secondary. Trust the resonances. Trust the ending of stress. So these, this is the introduction, and when we scan 
as an overview, the what are called the four establishments of sati. You have sati around the body is the foundation. This is where you get your basic training in how to attune to nature, because the body is certainly natural. This is the closest. This is the closest we get to the earth in, in this form. So it's training is the first will be with nature and to get to how you you can be with and attune and be trained by nature to be agile to not blunder to not predict to not hold back yeah just like you're walking through jungle this is not a time for daydreaming or getting in a panic you've got to be alert, aware, and realize you've just got this moment, right now you're okay, be with that, enjoy. And you watch out for the stuff. So we're tuning, and then the process goes on, one is aware of feeling. Tuning, and this is where the triggering really starts going. So you need the training in embodiment and calm, moderated, the, the feelings that arise in the somatic sense, which it can be moderated to where you feel pretty more relaxed. Then you come into the triggering realm of feeling. Pleasant feeling, want more. Painful feeling, don't want it at all. Physical, and of course, even more triggering is the mental feeling arises from being with things I don't really like or enjoy or drive me nuts <laughs> yeah yeah wishing I could be with that thing that will make me happy somewhere else with somebody else another time <laughs> triggering of feeling through perception imaginations mm. and then the mind's the third foundation of mind feeling the mind contracted or expanded, begin to touch into the jitta, because when you touch feeling, you know what it is that feels. That gets the, it's the immediate, direct, this isn't a thought, this is the the feeling of being stabbed, or being enticed, or being bruised, or being, yeah? So you're really getting into, so if you train with feeling, then you can begin to enter jitta much more depth, Feeling tends to bounce us out into the world of, you know, great fear and desire, essentially. Mm-hmm. And if we penetrate or we land in chitta, we're able to see more clearly, more fully and more usefully experiences that perhaps are evident in some respects, the hindrances, yeah. But you, you can actually, uh, when you enter chitta, you can apprehend them in a way that is able to release them. You know, we can experience uh, craving or ill will in a way whereby we release them rather than feel guilty, proliferate, project, blame, criticize, get stuck. Yeah. And then the consummation of the fourth foundation is to understand the Four Noble Truths. This is suffering. 
So, you know, Four Noble Truths conceptually aren't too difficult to understand as direct experiences. This is, um, this is uh, testing indeed. And so that's right at the end, really, because we do need the skills to learn the training, to train ourselves to get the skills to meet suffering. Mm. Not as an idea, <laughs> uh, but as that feeling got by something. Mm. And recognize, you know, the point of the Four Noble Truths isn't, is actually in meeting that rather than getting away from it, in meeting it, there's the possibility of a release rather than, uh, you know, getting over it. <laughs> See what I mean? You know, so it's a penetration of dukkha. Now, I imagine, you know, most of us probably would think, yeah, I had a bad time with my da-da-da-da-da, spouse, partner, brother, sister, father died, mother went mad, I had a bad time, ten years I got over that. No, you didn't. <laughs> well, you, did, you, you covered it or dismissed it or turned away from it or you penetrated it. There's no getting over anything. <laughs> yeah. Until you've penetrated dukkha, samudaya, origin, where it happens in your heart, and Niroda, where it ceases, it ceases where it happens, and experience begun to understand how that happens. You haven't got over anything. You've moved in time. You haven't moved in terms of karma. It's still there. That's why it haunts us. It hasn't been finished yet. So even to get to that nerve, that place of the the old karma bubbling up, takes both finesse and takes deep strength to not just get thrust, rushed out by the touch of it, by the grief of it, by the frustration of it, by the self that gets born in that moment where I touch my seemingly the sense of the neglect or the fear or the being shut out or the never being good enough happens. So, you know, normally when that triggers... I'm out of there. I'm getting the next ticket on the express out, you know, into, never mind, I got over that, I can do this instead, and who cares anyway, and, you know, say, well, it's her fault. (laughs) You know, or there's something wrong with me, but I just have to put up with it, I suppose. That's the way life is, you know. No, philosophizing isn't penetration. That's getting over it, and you don't get over it. You jump forward in time. And it takes a lot, I think. It's not a small thing, really, to penetrate dukkha. To hold it, to have enough power, strength, health, to stay at that moment where the dukkha touches and instead of trajectorying out or covering, you know, we notice the welling up. And you'll notice it and again, you notice it in your body. You notice that rush. If you if you've really tuned in to nature, you'll notice that running through. Yeah. But you'll certainly notice it in your chitta, that rush, and then the person at the end of it, who's born again, into their pattern. Mm. 
of what they are and what they aren't and so on born into that repeating pattern and you recognize that repeating pattern goes on it does not really change in time and all it changes in time just build more and more layers over it perhaps or structure it in or get used to it so the person accommodates dukkha they bury the arrow but they bury it with more flesh so it stays deeper so you know a lot of this practice is probably you know most most of this is 80% just steadying up you know uh, coming into a an experience where the person with all their limitations begins to enter at a safe place. You know, Buddha's pretty pragmatic and also deeply compassionate. So, you know, you, you can enter this on a personal level. Do good personally. You know, uh, and that's what the sila, that's what the dana, that's what the nikama is about, that's what the generosity, the morality and the renunciation and the goodwill is all about, just getting some health there and rejoicing in it and enjoying it. That signal, the more you tune into that signal, will begin to become a much more a norm for your energies to, to center around. This is the strengthening and the healing. It's not irrelevant very much then then you can actually have a lot more, be less compulsive, be more contented, be more confident, and you're able to, you know, begin to, that's natural also, you know, feel a little less reactive around meditation, less pressure for it, less pressure that it has to work. You get to the end of the day, well, it didn't work, but I didn't kill anybody, it didn't steal anything, great, you know, chalk it up, success. Uh, didn't drive myself nuts, good. <laughs> you know, the more we do this, the more we gain the confidence, the sadha in ourselves, the, okay, let's come back again, there's something to be learned here. In the breathing. Now, main trigger, first big trigger, feeling, and feeling born of perceptions. Now, a piece of teaching that you can bear in mind, because it's also that's also extremely significant, is that jitta is not affected by the, the uh, directly affected by sights or sounds or other people, noises, issues, situations. Not affected by what goes on seemingly around this body in the sense world. It is infected by interpretations of it. Now, there's a strong difference there. It may seem that one's interpretations actually are what going on, what's going on. <laughs> and that's what, partly what mindfulness is about. So, you know, there's the person, there's my impression of her. Uh-huh. Yeah. There's the group of people, and there's my impression of them. There's my perceptual take on it. Something certainly not something we calculate, it just happens. Uh-huh. Now, what am I going to follow? If I keep following my perceptual take on things, well, you know where that goes. Should do by now. Is it possible just to not know? To 
go beyond that perceptual take to realize how it triggers. Say, I don't know. I can feel here, grounded, balanced, in an unknowable world. With no future, no past, no success, no failure, no goals, no results. But I can be here. You know, that's, that's deep renunciation. Renunciation of perception. We perceive, we sense, we know, but we don't interpret. Or we acknowledge interpretations we make. This takes strong commitment. Strong commitment. So... You know, certainly, you know, one of the features of certainly of monastic life, whatever else it is, is, is about making a, making a vow, making a commitment. You know, you're tied, you're bound down, you're, you're, you're stuck in it with a load of people you didn't want to be with. You're not necessarily averse, it just he's okay, I suppose. It's all right, you know. Just, you've just been with him every day, sitting next to me, it's a bit much. <laughs> and sometimes people just feel really quite challenged by it. He's so twitchy and restless, and I have to sit next to him in the meditation or drive me nuts. Horrible chanting voice in my ear, driving me mad. No, it's not. He's not driving you. It's your aversion is driving you mad. <laughs> it's just sound. Mm. Why well, don't I go to these boring meetings? You know, business me sit there, budgets, issues, auditing, and you know, God, I didn't come here for this stupid worldly stuff about. Neighbours complaining about the fences, you know, rats got in the kitchen, you know, so not enough money to do this, to fix that, what are we going to do? Oh, I'm fed up with this stupid worldly stuff, didn't come here for this. Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> Commitment. Mm. Yeah. Sanger meetings. Somebody's going to bring up some topic we're going to have to talk about again for the tenth year running. Some issue they got about why can't we change the robes this way? God, stupid, banging on about his personal issues. Sangam is bearing with it, yeah, and then waiting, waiting for the when's the senior monk going to turn up? We're waiting for the meal. What's he doing? We're sitting here waiting. No respect. This is supposed to be, you know, everyone's supposed to be mindful here, turning up things on time, waiting. Being community life means you're always waiting for other people to turn up. You know, so it's depending on where you are. Or perhaps you're the person who keeps everybody else waiting. You run and you think, oh my God, they're hating me to death. I'm 10 minutes late. <laughs> so it's triggering. 
Why do I have to chant the same old thing every day? And his worn, cracked out voice is everybody's bored with Yo So Bagawa. Can we do something different for a change? <laughs> Bajans or harmoniums or something. <laughs> a little oomph in it. Or nothing at all. But the same thing every day. Trigger, trigger, trigger. Commitment. Came here for this, this is what you came for. Understand the Four Noble Truths is what you came for. (laughs) And its it's commitment is enormous. Uh, Resolution, Aditana, is enormous uh, uh, agent, really, to, to bear with. So to one monk I was with uh, recently, and he, he lived in this little monastery in Thailand, and you know, oh, monastery, Mystic East, oh, wonderful, lovely, quiet, peaceful place, you know, far away from the madding crowds, serene, dream on. Though this monastery is right in the near the airport, <laughs> so it's playing. <laughs> <laughs> It's the suburbs, the suburbs of Bangkok. So airplanes droning on, okay, airplanes. And then where there is, it, there's always dogs. There's always dogs in monasteries. They're around monasteries, they have free food. So there's always dogs yapping. And they're going all night. Woo, 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 woo. Woo, 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 woo. Yapping all night. Yeah. yeah dogs, airplanes. Yeah. There's always some building project going on. Drang, everybody's happy, banging on, crashing away, building project. Yeah. And then it's the, the, oh, well, it'll be over soon, and so it all stops because the funds have run out. Okay, peaceful moment, and then here it comes. Now there's a whole bunch of coach load of devotees turn up who want to have a festival. <laughs> festival, okay, do a festival. <laughs> and he goes see the Ajahn to complain, he goes, oh, you just, just relax. Idiot, he doesn't understand the suffering I'm going through. Just go back to the breathing, he says. There's planes, there's dogs. <laughs> don't bother with those things, just focus on your breathing, he says. God, how can we be so uncompassionate as that? And says, oh, you're just getting to go. oh, no, we're going to a katina. If we get back of the bus, we're going off to another katina. And once it's a six-hour drive in the back of a truck, get out there. <laughs> Do the chanting, sit up all night listening to some tedious dumber talk in Thai. <laughs> and everybody's looking happy and getting the truck and go for the next one. Oh, no. So trigger. So and he said, you know, this this place was so so miserable. It was great, he said, because because <laughs> I had to keep my mind really right at the edge. If I let it move one one inch or one centimeter into stuff i was going to suffer so but so much <laughs> it just had to stay back at the point of aware <laughs> the feeling the perception the notion of the hope for tranquility the feet the, you know, the movement of i should do have better than this you know the sense of it's not fair the it's impossible here just whoa hold back on that one you know Aware of perceptions, sounds, you know, 
sounds can come, sounds can go. Mm. The chitta actually isn't affected by sound, it's affected by its interpretations of sounds and sights and its projections of the future, its projections of a tranquil place, its projections of a unfair situation, its projections of other people. That's what it's affected by. If it doesn't project, it's called nipa pancha, doesn't project. Then, yeah, yeah. There's a possibility. Yeah. And I imagine that many people are just not really healed enough to manage that yet, you know. So that's why one has a chance to find one's way to touch the ground, to train, to use nature, train, in order to meet what has to be met in order for you to get liberated from time, birth and death. Mm. It's possible. Anyone? Mm-hmm.